we're going to have a uh, section on public schools, private schools, and charter schools, navigating the complexities of uh, Alberta's education system. We have two young ladies trained in these particular fields who give a very interesting talk on what's happening in Alberta. May I remind you once again, we've got a good crowd here. There are questions. I would like you to keep it to one question. If we have time later, you can come back. I'd like you to keep it to one question and an absolute minimum uh, prologue. Otherwise, we'll cut you off because we want to get as many speakers as we can. Brian Jean, you come up. Thank you. And if there's no more questions, I'll call it a day. The questions are over here now. You know, uh, just before we start, I just want to let you know, Jean or Jean, if that's all you call me, uh, I'm pretty happy with that. I've been called a lot of bad things by a lot of people. So please, sir, if you don't mind identifying yourself first before Wait, the tough question comes. Once you let me speak, I shall do that. Thank I you. know the drill. My name is Henning Mundel, and thanks for your talk. And I have to do first a compliment and then a question that... Uh, it's a left-handed compliment. Your talk was a much better talk than what I heard during the election debates. <laughs> carbon tax. Today's paper about the debate about carbon tax. On the one hand, we have Sonova's energy spokesman Brent Harris saying that his company has supported Alberta's climate change initiative from the start, would like to see it extended across North America. Two days ago, I like this t line, NDP environmental policies. Who are you going to believe, Mark Carney or Rick Strankman? Well, there are some in this room that know, may not know that uh, Rick is uh, the Wildrose agriculture critic. And he uh, related the, that the NDP government's carbon levy is somehow the equivalent of Stalinist policies that led to the starvation of six to ten million people in the Soviet Union during the 30s. Well, I understand his blog was taken down. However, Mark Carney Question, please. Question, please. His, com his comment, Mark uh, Carney expressed his support to the government, uh, not the government, linking the energy and environmental strategies with the goal of reducing emissions through mechanisms like a carbon tax. Your comment, please. Totally inappropriate. I apologize. I apologized, and I will continue to apologize. Um, those people, it was inadvertent, and it wasn't appropriate, and those people have apologized for it. Uh, so all I can tell you, sir, is that does not f form any part of my personal belief. I did not see it before it went out, and we have changed our structure to make sure that never happens again because it's totally unacceptable. Yes, sir. My name is Grant Nelson. I farm and ranch with my four sons in Sterling. I have been a conservative all my life. I have been... The, the NDP have made a mess of our farm and our employees. And I blame this on the stupidity of the conservative government. Uh, I would like to have one right-wing party and what progress is being made to combine with the progressive conservatives. 
the progressive conservatives went to their annual meeting, they're an arrogant bunch. I think that they're the leader, but they're not. So what, what is happening with amalgamation of the right wings? Well, <clears throat> first of all, I want you to, you to know and everybody in the room that I have held my arms open and I've been very clear. I've challenged our members in October and in December of last year, letting them know that we should have those conversations member to member, president to pre president, activist to activist. But in no way should I, as the leader or the MLAs, as the leaders of the communities that they've been elected in, push that agenda unless, of course, our activists and members want to. <clears throat> so we continued to push that agenda and we welcomed the PCs to have those discussions and in the AGM, as you mentioned, they rejected that opportunity. Uh, we will continue to be open to that. Uh, we believe that one conservative option on the ballot is best as well. Uh, right now that conservative option seems to be the Wild Rose Conservative Party. Right now we are polling by the last five polls at 38% in the province, leading the PCs by almost double. They're down in, in uh, the teens. Now I'm not saying that to gloat, I'm just saying I think Albertans truly appreciate the fact that we're open to the discussion, that we're working towards the discussion, and we will remain open to the discussion as long as our membership agree that that's what they want. And we will continue to do that. So I do believe that we are working towards one party, one conservative party on the right, and that is the Wild Rose Party. We will see what happens with the leadership race, but there, as you're probably aware, and as many people in the room are aware, there are people within the party that are running for leadership that there would be nobody that would describe them, even they themselves would not describe them as conservatives. So if they were to win the leadership race, which it looks like they will, uh, I do believe that will leave one party, one conservative party, in Alberta, and that will be the Wild Rose Party. So uh, we will continue to work with them and try to do what we can. We have been very generous, I would suggest, in, in our initiatives, but they have responded negatively to all of our opportunities. As I mentioned several times, we have our dancing shoes on and we're waiting to talk, but they have no interest in talking. But somebody has to lead the cause, either from one party or the other. Uh, I had hoped that maybe Stephen Harper could be enticed to do this, but. I'm told he won't, but he he brought two parties Question, together before, so anyway, that's all I have to say. I have to tell you, sir, I understand how you feel. I, I talk to Mr. Harper regularly, um, <clears throat> or at least occasionally. Um, I do not believe that's his intention to do that. I, I think most people recognize that this is something that will take its course, and, and we will have the opportunity, I believe, in the Wild Rose Party to serve Albertans. And I'm looking forward to that privilege. And if we do, I promise that I will do everything possible to make sure Alberta is a better place when we leave than when we got there. And uh, we will do everything in our, in our, in our uh, powers to try to persuade the progressive conservatives to join in one movement forward. I promise you. Please. Uh, Art Sanford is my name, uh, Brian. And um, I've been a member of the PC party since Lougheed days, both a board member, even a campaign manager for MLA and MP. And I'm... I would reiterate what the former speaker just said. I'm very much in favor of the, you know, you've had a great speech, you've got a great ideas, but it's all for naught unless you are the party in majority in the legislature. And the only way you're going to get that is with one conservative party, I feel. Now, my question is, on this new hidden carbon tax that we've got, and it's interesting, in the Calgary paper this morning, 85% opposed to it, the same as our Lethbridge paper was, I mean, this is a, a phenomenal number of opposition for a program that's being foisted on us. We have government by idealism, and, or by idealism instead of realism. My question is, where do we find out the honest answer what this is going to cost? We have eight, ten different groups all doing research, 
all coming up with different answers, and no one seems to be able to tell us what it's actually going to cost. It's called the political fog. Um, Art, I appreciate that question. And I do want to tell you, just like I wanted to mention to Grant, that you know, I was a member of the PC party in the Lougheed days. I knew Premier Lougheed, and from the age 15, I was a PC member until 2012, when I just couldn't take it anymore. And I just want to mention this. Five times, five premiers came to Fort McMurray and made five promises to build a long-term care facility downtown. Five times they broke that promise. I'm not, I'm not believing PCs anymore, and that's what happened to bring me here today. So just I want to let you know, I was a very strong PC porter, supporter for many years, and if you look at my record, I was. But you cannot support somebody that continues to tell you mistruths about something so important as the seniors in my community. So I just want to say that. As far as the carbon tax goes, I, I'm not an expert at math, but I have a pretty good idea how math works. And if you just want to bear with me for a second, if you take $3 billion, everybody agrees $3 billion or $2.7 billion uh, because they made a calculation mistake when they came up with the three. But $3 billion is the amount they're going to raise from this tax. Now, there's a million households in Alberta. A million. Now, if you divide $3 billion into $1 million, you're going to have $3,000 a year. That's what it's going to cost the average Alberta house, $3,000 a year. Now, there's questions about who's going to pay it. Big emitters are going to pay it. Well, big emitters pass that cost on to us. You think our oil is going to be in just the same price? If it costs more to get it out of the ground and you're going to pay more for it, it means you're going to pay more for it, not the big companies. So there's suggestions that this carbon tax, you know, 60% of the people are going to get a full rebate. Well, two things. A full rebate means $300. It doesn't mean the full amount you paid. But also, if you get $100 or less, you don't get a check. So 60% of Albertans are going to be entitled to a rebate, but 40% of them are going to be under $100, which means they don't get anything. And the other 20 or 30% uh, of the 60%, they're paying far more than $300, folks. The average family is going to pay 1000 It should be 3000 but there's other ways that they're going to calculate it in, like large emitters and others. It's going to be $1,000 minimum. We calculated it both ways, from StatsCan forward, from zero and how much it's going to cost. Five transportation companies have told us anything that's transported by truck, 5% extra because we have to pay 5% more for gas, which is you know 30 to 50% of our bill. It's going to be passed on to us. So sooner or later, somehow, somewhere, we're all going to be paying $3,000 a household, minimum 1000 So the carbon tax is going to hurt our economy a lot because that money's coming out of your pockets and going to pay government services. As you may be aware, if we have a PST in this country, in this province, we have to vote for it. There has to be a referendum on a PST, right? Ralph Klein put that in. Well, this is a backdoor PST because it's not a carbon tax. A carbon tax is actually revenue neutral like British Columbia where they, they're trying to change behavior so they take $3 billion out of the economy, but they take that $3 billion and they put it back in the economy to specifically change behavior, to encourage you to walk to encourage you to get smaller vehicles. It's behavioral modification. That's not what they're doing here at all. So this is not a true carbon tax, and the Wild Rose does not believe in it, and that's why if we were elected, we would get rid of this carbon tax immediately. Yes, Mary. I'm Mary Shillington. Uh, thank you for uh, giving your opinions about things. Uh, I happen to differ on several of them. Most but people <laughs> do. Uh, I'm with changing the focus. I'm talking about the legislature and the behavior in the legislature. I was there in the visitors gallery for the child well-being uh, poverty presentation 
and was impressed that particular day, and our MLA also was impressed uh, with how well-behaved and respectful the, uh, the opposition were. And I would like to challenge you because some people at our table watch uh, question period regularly, and that's not the behavior towards particularly as a feminist towards the women. Yeah, who are, are answering questions that are given by your party. And so I'd like to know what you're, as a group, are going to do in order to be respectful of people in the legislature that a variety of citizens have elected. Thank you. Thank you very much. First of all, I want to let you know that I was not happy with the tone in the legislature when the Premier from Ontario was there. And I mean, we get pretty hot uh, and pretty aggressive in relation to our words because that's all we can say is words. Um, and certainly this carbon tax has brought about a bit of a boil with our citizens, as has Bill 6, the farm legislation, because of the lack of consultation. So there's a few people on my side uh, in the Wild Rose Party that get upset about that. But let's be clear. Every single person in that legislature treats each other the same way. Sometimes, some days, it's those people that treat us badly, and some days it's us that treat us badly. It gets, it gets hot. It gets hot at 2 in the morning. A couple days ago, we were up till 4 in the morning. It gets pretty excitable. I hope nobody's watching at 4 in the morning because, man, that's, uh, that's, that's dedication. But, you know, at all times, I spent 10 years in Ottawa, and the behavior in Ottawa is no different than the behavior in Alberta. Uh, the behavior in Alberta is no different than the behavior in Ottawa, and nor is it anywhere across the country. It's very, very similar in Ontario, et cetera. Um, sometimes people get hot, sometimes people get excited. Is there any need or requirement for inappropriate behavior or rude behavior? Never. I would agree with you. Sometimes it gets away and, you know, I will tell you that particular day I was leaning across my table telling a particular individual, calm down, calm down, on the heckling, which I thought was inappropriate as well. But, uh, you know, we've apologized for that and we've moved on and we continue to try to do everything we can. I will tell you that the reporters in uh, Edmonton started calling me Mr. Sunshine last year because I was a much different uh, leader than the previous leader was about being angry all the time. And I think being uh, positive is the best thing we can do to actually move forward with cooperative legislation on both sides. And we've been, we have cooperated with the Premier. And as has been mentioned in the past on national TV and otherwise, I really appreciate what the Premier has done in keeping me in touch and in communication with my residents and what's going on in my community. And she's done that. And I will continue to praise her for those efforts she makes that are good for my citizens and that are good for Albertans. And I will continue to criticize her and point out other opportunities for her when she's not good and when her policies stink. And in this particular case, I think the carbon tax is not a good policy. But every time we bring it up, we should do, it, do so professionally. And I commit to you that I will try to do that whenever I possibly can. Sir. Uh, Mr. Jean, I'm Trevor Page. Please call me Brian. Brian, I'm Trevor Page. <laughs> I think I heard you say during your presentation that we have negative population growth in Alberta, which I found a little surprising. Uh, perhaps you could tell us what the Wild Rose position is on immigrants and refugees coming into Alberta, refugees and immigrants from around the world. Well, I'm in, I'm in favor of growing our population, obviously, and I think the population base that we should grow on is, is where we receive the best benefit and also provide the best help to the world community. I think that, uh, of course, those things are very important, but be aware that, of course, immigration and refugee status is up to the federal government, and that's what's governed by the Constitution 
uh, in particular in section 91 and 92 that the provincial government has no say in refugees and immigration but we do have uh, in temporary foreign workers and some of the other programs that we do have we have some input with the Alberta government because of course it's an Alberta nominee program so I'm not sure what your yeah, the answer to your question uh, negative population growth in Alberta which I think I heard you say and what is the wild rose position on immigrants and refugees from around the world coming into Alberta? I thought I answered that. I apologize. Uh, we're in favor. The federal government's responsibility with regard to immigration and refugees. Well, we're f we fully uh, support immigration and refugees. We think that... Uh, I think we should do our part. I, I, I don't know if you're aware, sir, but if you look at my resume, you'll notice that I was a director of the Health Partners International, which sends uh, literally hundreds of millions of dollars overseas to refugees. I try to do my part just like I think everybody in the room tries to do their part for people that are less fortunate. I think our obligation doesn't stop at our borders. It goes overseas, but it also means that we should be bringing refugees and immigrants in from Canada. We need to build our population. We had an earlier discussion that we need to make sure we have enough people here working to support the huge demographic in Alberta and Canada. We have a million new seniors every year in Canada, and we have 80,000 new seniors in Alberta every year. We need to have people supporting them, and we have tremendous amounts of opportunity here. Good wages, great human um, respect for, uh, for the dignity of the person. I think it's great that refugees and immigrants come to Canada, and especially to Alberta, where we obviously need them to work um, and to provide the great standard of living for our seniors and everybody else. I think it's great. I come from Fort McMurray, if I can just say this. I don't think you'll find a more diverse set of people from around the world than in Fort McMurray. If you've ever had a chance to come up there, I, I know in Syncrude itself, uh, there's about 90 different dialects spoken in Syncrude. Uh, and just for those people that uh, might not know my background, I have a, a huge uh, family from northern Alberta that are Aboriginal. They were born on reserves. Uh, we have a very integrated community in northern Alberta, and I've seen tremendous success from the Aboriginal populations there uh, because they have great jobs. And um, I'm very proud to have that. And I've seen in the last 50 years in Alberta, I've seen, if I can tell you this, I know they're not immigrants. We're, we are. Uh, but the truth is that we've seen them you know, make tremendous strides over the last 30, 40 years because they have pride in themselves, because they have a job and they have a future. Uh, they've rebuilt their families and it's an incredible thing to see. I just, sorry, I'm very proud of what we've done in Northern Alberta. Next, please. <coughs> Um, I was glad to hear you talk about children and grandchildren. So that's talking future. And I, if you can bring us or bring me up to snuff on what is your party's position on climate change, especially in relation to diversification of the energy industry in Alberta? I sure will. I, I, I love that question. I do have two grandchildren and I have two children. They live in Edmonton. Um, and I agree with you 100%. That's why I'm doing this job is for the future and for our grandchildren and children and just believing that we can do a better job than what's currently being done but I will tell you we do believe in man-made climate change I've not changed my tune on that over the last 11-12 uh, years in politics so I was one of those people that actually came out and said that I did believe it um, I do believe that we have tremendous opportunities if you go up to the north in, in Canada you'll see climate change happening it's happening folks and um, it truly is happening we can adapt but the truth is it is happening in, in Canada more than many places 
Um, I do believe that uh, we need to make sure that we keep care of our future generations. And as far as uh, taking our economy and divesting it and, and changing it, I think that's very important. You'll see right across Alberta that we have, uh, we have actually done great things in, in making sure our economy is divested. Uh, you may not know that, but 20 years ago, our economy was, I think, 36% oil and gas, and today it's down around 25%. So we've actually divested that economy. I think through the use of plastics and other ways, we should also divest the economy. But we have to take into consideration, and I know I'm running over time, but we have to take into consideration the realities of our population. We can't refine gas here profitably. We are not going to be able to. And where do we send it? Because we can't send it on pipelines and we can't send it on trucks. It's just too volatile. So. I mean, there's some things that we can't expand our industry to and divest our industry because there's frankly no profitability in it and no market for it. That's why we have to be in Vancouver or Toronto or California to have refining. We can upgrade, but we can't refine. My name is Frank Toth. Mr. Brian Jean, thank you for coming with your personal tragedy in the, in the tar sands area. Uh, with my... Um, political science background, I asked the same question. Everybody in here knows what it's going to be. I don't. Bless, bless you. Anyway, you have several cohorts with you. Between the three of you, can you tell us, please, when Premier Lougheed said, when they come here, it's 45% or get off the lot. It's endeavored in my mind. Can you tell us here right now what are royalties on oil right now, oil and gas right now? And what were they when we had $100 oil? Well, I appreciate that. And I will let you know, first of all, Frank, right? Yeah. Thanks. Um, first of all, we sell oil, as I mentioned, for the same price they do in Saskatchewan. Our royalty revenues, uh, royalty rates right now are between 1% and 9% uh, gross or 25% um, to 40% net. Now that's a sliding scale and depends on profitability. Usually profitability and the change comes from 1% um, up on the sliding scale around $55 a barrel by my latest calculations. Um, and that's when it starts to rise from 1% uh, or from 25%, uh, depending on which is highest, of course, because Alberta gets to decide that. So if it's a, a net basis, it's 25% at $54 a barrel. It's one hell of a long ways from 45% that Lougheed predicated. Okay, we would, it goes without saying, we wouldn't have this change of government had you right-wing people demand the right royalties on our oil. Thank you. Did I do okay, Frank? Well, Frank, can I tell you what I think, if I may? Yeah. I think that the oil belongs to the people of Alberta. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that you get every penny that you can get while we still dig it out of the ground. Because if we don't do it profitably, we're not going to have any economy here. But if we don't do it in a reasonable, competitive state, we won't have anybody digging it out. <laughs> well, I sure hope you're here to vote for me, Frank. Can I come to the next uh, birthday party and I'll meet your children? I can talk them into it, I'm sure. He's not done yet. He keeps talking. Next question so we can quit Thank the comedy you. hour. Yeah. I'm Everton. It's, uh, since you stated uh, a few questions back that you were conservative till 2012, 
I assume that you agreed with the premiers like going back to Lahit. Now, would you also be in favor to raise the oil royalties to the same level as Lahit had said it? Um, I think a lot has changed over the last 40 years since Lahit was in power. Um, I am not in a situation where I can speak as an expert on what the royalty rate should be or shouldn't be. What I do believe, though, is that, first of all, nobody's investing in Alberta right now. Nobody. Zero. There's very little oil and gas investment. They're investing next door in Saskatchewan. So the first thing we need to do is change the political reality, and that is don't punish our oil and gas sector. Let's build some pipelines to Tidewater. Every pipeline, frankly, should be built, and we should make sure that we get every single penny we can for the people of Alberta because it belongs to them. I don't... We have a, a, it's got to be a balancing act. We can't just say it's going to be 45% royalty. People invest $15 billion into a plant site. It's a 25, 30, 50 year return on investment. They need stability. That's why this government's causing problems. And I don't want to get political, but if you don't have stability in your financial market, nobody's going to invest here. And we're only a population of 4 million people. We need outside investment. Yes, we need to get as much money as we can from the royalties, every single dime. But we need to make sure they continue to come in and invest. It's a balance. Brian. Oh, hello. Hello, Brian. My name is Duncan Kinney. I'm wondering if, up a little bit, wondering if uh, you or any of your caucus colleagues will be able to make it to uh, the Lethbridge Pride celebrations later this month. Um, I'm not sure. I actually don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, that was supposed to be a joke, folks. I'm, I apologize. But... Um, I know I'm here in Lethbridge. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm actually getting married um, on August 20th. If it's August 20th, I'm not allowed to go. I know that for sure. Um, I went to the, uh, I watched the Pride Parade last year in um, both Calgary and in Edmonton. And I went to the Camp Firefly, which is something that I personally think is a really good thing that's happening during Pride Week for the kids. I think it's a good thing that I support and I continue to support that. So um, the answer would be, I don't, I'm not sure but I'm happy to tell you afterwards, and, and uh, maybe Justin over there could actually tell me what the date is and if I'm going or not. So I apologize. I will tell you folks that, just so you know, I'm very serious about this job. I, uh, before my house burned down a month ago, I actually slept in my house uh, less than 14 nights in a year. I'm very serious about this job. That's why I'm here today, I'm here tomorrow, and I'm here the next day. I'm very serious about this. I think Alberta's in big trouble, and I want to help save it, and I can do it with your help. My name is Serge Manko. Uh, anyways, thanks for coming down. And uh, My pleasure. Uh, anyways, I'd like to know a little more about the new Municipal uh, Government Act that's been tabled. Uh, if you could get a chance to explain a little bit about it. Um, there's supposed to be a meeting, I guess, in Lethbridge here on July 15th, and I just thought if we can get a little information on it. We're very concerned about it as well. That's why the government has passed it, but uh, wants to do consultations on the regulations before they enact it. So, you know, really, we're, uh, we're not 100% privy to the information because the information has not been shared with us yet. I believe the government is holding it very close to their chest as a result of what happened with Bill 6, the, the WCB farm legislation and the lack of consultation there. So they're going to make sure that this time they go around and consult properly with everybody on that um, in the Municipal Government Act. There is a balance, again, there's a balance here that I talked about earlier, and that is the balance between obviously larger municipalities, the larger cities, and the smaller ones. And 
Uh, we've received some commitments in question period that there won't be any money going from the smaller municipalities to Calgary and Edmonton, and we've taken them at their word in relation to that and the Municipal Government Act changes. Uh, we're watching very closely relating to the taxing powers that they may give to Calgary and Edmonton, but at this stage, sir, just because we're in opposition, uh, they don't share that information with us at this stage. My name's Robert Smith. I'd like to know on climate change whether you would address climate change and specifically how. Absolutely. Thanks, Robert. And absolutely, yes, I would address climate change. There is something that we have in Alberta called natural gas. It is a very clean burning fuel that is utilized right now for some things that I don't believe would be necessarily the best use of that fuel. Uh, natural gas right now trades obviously at a very inexpensive price, so we have a ton of it available to us in Alberta. And, and since it's the cleanest burning fuel out there, I think it's great. But we can't do it by itself and we can't do it in isolation by ourselves here in Alberta. We have to do it lockstep with our other provincial counterparts in, in Canada as well as our international uh, treaty obligations with the United States and other bodies. So we need to make sure that we do this at the same speed and at the same punishment to our economy because it will punish our economy and that's fine as long as everybody else in the world is doing it, especially North America. It doesn't punish our economy, it's competitive. Um, so we would go forward with a natural gas strategy. I was also able to, and I know this is a little longer and I apologize, I was given authority for a $1 billion green infrastructure fund in, in the federal government in 2007. And I spent that uh, about $780 million of that, those dollars on green infrastructure and it included wind, it included hydro. We took uh, three communities off of diesel fuel in, in the Yukon. It was a $142 million project, $71 million was allocated by the federal government under my file and we were able to save $8 million a year on transportation costs alone plus uh, we took three communities off of diesels, diesel and you know as well as I do that there's a ton of health problems with diesel in the air. So do I believe in it? Yes. Do I have a plan? Yes. Is it realistic? Very much so. Uh, wind cannot do more than 15 to 20 percent of your mix. Uh, solar can't do even do that much. Uh, you have to find these things that, that will work, that won't punish your, our economy, but that actually do, uh, do, do work. And some of the things that we've spent money on in the last 20 years here in Alberta and in Canada have simply not reduced carbon emissions. Clean coal is another option. And in northern, uh, northeastern, British, uh, northeastern Saskatchewan, they have a clean coal technology that has scrubbers. And uh, it, the exhaust, the GHG emissions on coal in Saskatchewan in that particular project are almost as clean as natural gas. So it's, it's technology based, but we have to work on it and we need to do it immediately. Practical solutions. Our final question. Douglas Mitchell, just a quick final question. Uh, I would like to know what your party's attitude uh, policy is regarding privatization in the delivery of health care. You know, the Canada Health Act, first of all, is a federal statute. It's not a provincial statute. I think that everybody in, in Alberta and Canada deserves to have publicly funded accessible health care, which has been described as the Supreme Court of Canada requirement for Albertans. So I do believe that public health care is very important. I watched my son die for four months in our hospital system. I think that the most important thing with our health care is that it actually works and cures people. So do I believe in privatization of health care? No. Do I believe in finding solutions long-term like Brad Wall has in Saskatchewan where nobody waits over three months for an operation for a hip surgery there or a knee surgery where it takes 10 months to a year here in Alberta? I think there's innovative solutions and we can still do it under the Canada Health Act. I'm fully aware of the Canada Health Act. I'm fully aware that people, some people can't afford these things and that's why it takes us in this room and the other people that have the ability in Alberta that have money and have successes to support those people that are more vulnerable and I have no problem doing that with my tax money and my health care business. 
Thank you very much, unless there's any more persecution. I mean, questions? Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed you. Uh, thank you very much for your time. If you want to get in touch with me, I've got my business cards here. I'd be more than happy to talk to you by email, Facebook, or Twitter, and just answer any of your questions. I very much appreciate it again. Thank you.